Ranger Candy Coffee Company is a veteran-owned, handcrafted premium coffee roaster located in Shoehorn Bend, Arkansas. They offer a variety of single-origin and flavored coffee. Their coffee is roasted and packaged by husband and wife duo Larry and Sierra Littlefoot. Ranger Candy Coffee Company has also partnered with disabled American veterans, a 501c4 nonprofit that supports combat veterans in their post-war readjustment process. They donate a portion of their profits to them as a way to give back. So when you shop at Ranger Candy Coffee Company, know that you are supporting not only a veteran-owned small business, you are also supporting an outstanding veterans nonprofit. Check out Ranger Candy Coffee Company's selection of special blends, K cups, single origin, and flavor coffee at RangerCoffeeCandyCompany.com. Use promo code Andres Segovia and get free shipping on your order. So go to RangerCandyCoffeeCompany.com, choose your blend, size, and brew, and taste America in every sip. This is the Andres Segovia Show. We are rolling. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Andres Yoga Show. I'm your host, Andres Yoga. Uh, today, I am joined by a, um, a special guest who was, who I believe you are a co-host or, or a regular host on uh, the Critical Introvert Show. Uh, Nate, by all means, introduce yourself to the crowd that doesn't know you yet. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, Andres. Uh, I know I mispronounced your name last time when we were. Oh, you, you said it right. I thought I said Andreas uh, last time. Yeah, uh, that's still right. That's <laughs> okay. okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, my name's Nate Cap, and I'm an independent researcher and seeker of truth. And I'm a teacher of natural and moral law. And I'm just trying to help end slavery um, in people's minds and people's hearts and uh, move in the direction of freedom. And that's what my work is all about. So, mm-hmm. Well, that is uh, what's a powerful intro because just full disclosure, folks, uh, the first time I met Nate was on the Critical Introvert Show. And that's literally the only time we ever uh, talked uh, both before and after the recording session. But uh, there, was, there were things that, Nate, you said during the show and and then when we talked a, a little bit after that resonated with me so i'm like you know what? i gotta pick his brain a little bit because i think it will serve for great conversations especially as you say slaves to the mind and what we're seeing play out before our very eyes because of what i call social media engineering not just social engineering that is happening and how this was uh, quite literally um like taken to the next level or amplified or in some way accelerated because people were forced into their into their homes two years ago for the pandemic and the only way for them to have a window outside their their place in some cases where you don't have a physical window was literally a screen and right. and we have seen the effects of that uh that have taken over our, our country so before we, we talk about current uh, social issues that I believe we are going to address, I, I have to ask, what what inspired you to do what you're doing now? Well, that's a very loaded question, but to simplify it, I had multiple awakenings where, you know, I recognize the inconsistencies in our government. I recognize that We have been lied to about so many things and, you know, through media and uh, other religious institutions and also uh, our uh, public schooling institutions. And I 
recognized a lot of, you know, I, I actually started off as a conspiracy theorist, as people would like to uh, call me as a derogatory name just for looking into things. And as I did that, I really just knew that there was something way off about this world and about the structure of the system that we're in. And I decided um, that I had to do some really deep research and try to get to the bottom of why things are the way that they are. And so then I got into some really deep, dark information um, that really helped open my eyes to uh, a place where I was very naive and thought like, oh, you know, everybody's just uh, trying their best and, you know, they're, uh, everybody's just doing what they need to be doing and no one really needs to do anything, just vote and everything will be much better. But of course, I learned very quickly that that is definitely not the case and that we are sovereign beings uh, on this planet that are supposed to be free. We're supposed to be the sovereign beings that we were uh, born to be. And once I recognized that, it, I I started to understand that I have a moral obligation to um, to take it to to not only take in lots of information to assemble my grammar and understand what it is that I'm looking at, the information that I'm looking at, but then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, spread this type of information to the world so people have a higher chance of coming across information that can help them take back their sovereignty and become, you know, moral responsible beings and align to the, uh, the laws of, of nature that will, you know, help us live harmonious instead of living, you know, separate in our minds and manifesting that separation outwardly to other people. And that's why, you know, we see so much war and that's why we see so much, you know, aggression towards each other because we don't understand what's going on between our ears. Hmm. And that was also, you know, part of my awakening is finding out like, oh, there's actually something more to our human being uh, it, uh, by understanding our brain and understanding consciousness and furthering our awareness to, uh, you know, what's actually taking place within us. And so, you know, I went on my inner journey and, you know, I still am and I, I will till the end of time. Mm. And, um, you know, I just know that things are really, really out of control. And I know that starting podcasts and video casts is one of the best ways to get this information out there and really help people see what's truly happening. And, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's something that, you know, I never really wanted. I never wanted to do what I'm doing. I just mm -hmm. feel morally charged to do this because I know that we are all connected. I know that we are all bound, um, you know, to the same 
principle in nature. And, um, you know, we have to recognize, we have to have, a, a you know, a collective awakening of what is truly going on to really reunite ourselves and, um, you know, find, find peace and find, you know, some kind of uh, middle ground to where we can all, you know, instead of just button heads and, and fighting, uh, we can, you know, um, we can find peace. Yeah, we can coexist. And it's, I, I realized that, you know, the more that I became peaceful inwardly, the more that my surroundings became peaceful. And that is, to me, um, very powerful to realize because it's like uh, what Gandhi said, you know, be the change that you wish to see. So mm. I became the change that I wish to see in the world and uh, and I continue to do so. And I also see the people around me starting to awaken, starting to, I mean, some people are really, you know, low domes and they can't really, you know, they don't want to hear anything that people like me have to say, but then, um, you know, people, people, uh, you know, you, 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 you might become isolated like I have and, uh, people start to, you know, it feels like people are, uh, it feels like you're pushing people away at first, but really it's that you are just, um, you know, for me in my personal experience, it's because I, just recognized that to live in right action in the world, most people are not going to align with that and they are going to run away and it's going to be a very um, tough process to get through to them. But as you become the leader that you wish, you know, that, that you want to be and lead yourself through life, then people start to gravitate towards that and they want to be their own leader. You know, I mean, that's, that's the goal. The goal is to help people become their own leaders. And, um, you know, I see that a little bit in my life and I'm very thankful that I see it because had, I had, had I not, uh, it would be a very lonely place and I would totally be, um, hopeless, <laughs> uh, to say the least, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very, uh, you know, to my, my awakening has just been uh, all over the place. I mean, there's this, there's so many things I could get into that have awakened me to, uh, do what I'm doing right now. So. No, and, and I do respect that because, um, more people in the political sphere, those are those that are more on the conservative or even more right leaning would say that oh you're getting red pilled to those that are coming over to their side um and for those that go um more aggressively left we say they've gone woke w-o-k-e it's not the same thing as being awakened so now it's like a, a whole other thing and and i i don't even know if the if the term woke is being used properly uh some say it's not not my point. All I know is what the um, what the general public now means by it, and everybody's kind of like gotten to an equilibrium on the understanding of what that even re uh, means. But uh, there's a lot. I can poke and prod a lot of what you just said. It's it's very loaded. Um, I would say very philosophical in nature. 
and in and spiritual in the direction of what you're seeking because of the connection that you're, you're talking about that binds us all is that which we cannot see but we know as as we're connected in some way now i as someone and i made uh i was very uh vocal about it on the critical introvert show i am a, a christian a practicing christian and in that to me uh, that connection is god so we are body soul and spirit that's the way he made us because he is of that nature he's a triune god and we're a triune uh, person so in that respect i i know what it means to search for the truth, especially when I was searching for meaning myself, not because I I was lost, dazed, or confused. No, I think there's a term for it now, a natalist or something like that. Uh, people that wish they were never born. And then mm. there was there was an article that I read several months ago. It was the weirdest thing. It was a dude in the UK suing his parents because they didn't con- they didn't ask him for consent to be born. <laughs> I don't know how that works. All I can tell you is that he said, I love my parents, but now I'm born. But here's the thing. He, his complaint for being born was that his effects were that he was a detriment to the environment because of climate change. Now, you and I only know of what we ever exchanged about ourselves in the conversations that, uh, that transpired on the Critical Introvert Show. Uh, since then, it's only been arranging this meeting to happen. Right. Uh, to, to do to record this so i don't know um how aligned we are in uh in entirely on our values system or um, even on let's call it politics i hate calling it politics but uh politics even principles so we might find ourselves disagreeing or we might find ourselves that uh, we're not that far off but this is uh, a bit of a disclaimer also for uh, for the listeners because uh, i don't know um, where we're going to go with all this, but it's a discussion I like having, and it doesn't matter if I agree or disagree with a person so long as they're able to, willing to sit down with someone like me to have a discussion, and we're, we're both wanting for the betterment of society and for us as humans in a direction uh, what solutions we can provide to one another and hopefully find a consensus instead of what's happening now in our political sphere where, uh, no, you're either with me or you're against me. You know, it's like... like rank and file, or you're my enemy. Like, wow. It's cult. It's called a yeah. cult. Yeah. And uh, 20 years ago, I, I told I told my English professor, who wasn't teaching English, but turned the class into a quite literal political um, uh, like discussion, because it was pre-war Iraq, so everybody was had something to say. But instead of teaching English and literature, we were busy debating the war. Like, what does it matter what we say in this classroom? We're not Congress, but it's like, can we get back to the topic that I pay to learn? You know, mm-hmm. and now uh, campuses are, are literally what that classroom was a microcosm of what campuses are now. They're just indoctrination centers for leftist activism. And it's not uh, it's not a place where people actually discuss ideas in an open form as we kind of wish they would be. So having said all that. Uh, where this will go, we both do not know. And I love the idea uh, of touching on some of these things because I want to poke a prod and, and discuss a little further some of the things that you said um, there in your monologue because I think it's important for people to grasp and also um, I, to see where it, it, in a way, it's headed. Because um, uh, there's probably some things we could fine-tune. You're on a journey, and so am I. And I did mention that I, I was on a mission to discovery myself, but I didn't want to be born, but I'm here. Mm. So to me, 
um, being born and raised in a loving family and in a Christian church, uh, it's like, oh yeah, God created you because he had a purpose for you and all these things. That, I don't know what that meant because, well, I didn't ask for any of this. And now that I'm alive, I'm being told I got to live by a set rules and things according either to religiosity, if we look at it that way, or what the world says I got to do. It's like, well, I don't ask to be born, but now I got to manage my life based on how they want me to manage it. That's how I saw it. And it became annoying. So uh, my, my audience knows this now more because as I've had more of these conversations of wide ranging things, um, I discussed on, on, on an episode that uh, I opened up about my suicide attempts. I did attempt five times. I failed, obviously, because I'm still here. But that was uh, about 20 years ago now. And it was in one of those attempts that uh, some people will call it enlightenment. And some people, believe me, others don't. When I say that God told me to put the knife down and don't do it again, I have a purpose for you. And there was a reference that was made in um, in that moment that's, that spoke to only what I knew of an event that happened seven years before that nobody know, knew about. So to me, I knew that it was God speaking to the heart of me. And ever since then, it was like, all right, show me the way. And that's been my journey, you could say, 20 years later. Uh, I actually uh, delve more into the psychosis the um, and I guess the spiritual battle of it all through a romantic novel series that I created called The Many Misadventures of Enoch Bellagio. It's a lot easier to project my life through a fictional character. Uh, so I'm on book three now, which is supposed to publish this spring. People hold me accountable. So I... I I want to finish telling that story because the third book is the catharsis of the character, but also showing the highs and the lows in the terms of discovery, the setbacks uh, on a journey and things like that, because it was never easy. And it's a very lonesome journey at times. Uh, like, like you said, you, you felt like you basically were alone, uh, but you were isolated in a journey from, and I'm a very big Batman guy. If you actually turn the camera around, everything I have around me is basically Batman. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite, uh, trailers is a teaser trailer to the first movie Batman Begins that nobody remembers about. And it's the monologue by Harry Ducard, the one that takes Bruce Wayne under, under his wing. You see Batman Begins, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. uh, but but there's that moment where, he, where it, the, the trailer starts off, and it's in the movie too. But he says, you traveled the world, but now you must journey inwards for what you truly fear is inside you. Like whatever journey he's on, it's in here. And that's when you were saying like, wow, we're talking Batman Begins now. Because um, that's the first thing I think about. But <laughs> a, a lot of people on a road to self-discovery think it's a location when actually it's within. Because it, um, for, those that are, uh, for those that are watching, um, uh, I had a back-to-back -back recording session. And in the first session um, was when we were focused on health, we spoke heavily about mindset because it's all a mind game. And lo and behold, this conversation quite literally is just that. But we are bound by these forces that I'll call spiritual um, that hold us back. And sometimes we're being held back by the man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's us. Yep. So th that's my contribution uh, to this. So I, I want to I wanna ask you, because um, you said to a more harmonious uh, uh, humanity, but you also say uh, it's for people to become their own leaders. Don't you also see it that's a little open-ended where some people would find that their leadership clashes with the leadership ideals you might have had, where 
their direction of being that they could say they're already on, but clashes entirely with your worldview? Well, I just want to state that when I'm speaking about harmonious, I am talking about aligning to natural law or God's law. And that me that means um, understanding the dynamic of, you know, the human behavior and how it's governed. And that as we take a right action into the world, it is a an action that does not cause harm to others. Right. So that is most people don't mo most people can't define what a right is, but it's that simple. It's we as we, you know, um, as we go through this life in the physical realm and we, um, you know, if we're trying to live harmoniously, if we're trying to live peacefully, then we have to understand that there is knowledge that we can know and understand that aligns with our moral compass, which means that we know once we know that a right is an action that doesn't cause harm, then that means that um, we can we can actually also feel that, you know, just an example would be, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you, um, if I ask somebody, I'll, I'll ask you, is, is it a right or a wrong for, um, a, you know, a grown man to rape a little boy or girl? Well, then my response to that would be uh, some cultures find it acceptable. No, but I'm asking you in, in, you know, like right away, would you say that is wrong or that's right? Oh, and I'll say that is wrong. Obviously. Yeah. So once we understand that by the science of logic, that if we are playing by the rules and we agree, okay, it's wrong that this uh, action that this person took uh, is wrong then we under, we can understand through the apophatic method that anything that is opposed or opposite of that wrong action is a right. Okay, so it, it becomes very simple to understand um, what a right is by understanding what a wrong is. And this is very important to the question that you asked because we have to understand what a wrong is so that way we won't um, take part in it, and we also won't support it. And that is, it's a very simple thing. So if once we understand that um, these these uh, actions that go against God's law or natural law are things like uh, it can be it can be simplified on seven fingers. You have murder, you have rape, you have trespassing, you have coercion, you have assault. You have willfully lying and you have stealing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of these seven actions are wrong actions. They are disharmony with nature because uh, to do any of these actions is to take something from, some, some, from someone that doesn't belong to you, right? Mm -hmm. So as we understand this, 
it harmonizes with it, it should harmonize with our hearts because our hearts are already uh, inherently um you know uh, uh made with the information of a moral compass so the moral compass we know right away that you know if somebody's murdering somebody it, it does something to us it, it shocks us it, it, you know, we feel it um, somebody getting raped, we feel that somebody's stealing. It's a it's a bad energy. So this is just something that can be understood by understanding this simple um, the simple structure. So like a right is based in truth. It's correct. You know, like on a math test, like if you get a wrong or right answer, it's correct. If you get a wrong answer, it's wrong. Um, so it is. It comes down to simple mathematics. So uh, a right is an action that is based in truth and it doesn't cause harm to other beings. Uh, if, it, if it's a wrong action, if it causes harm and takes away someone's, um, you know, sexual consent or someone's life or someone's, you know, place of dwelling or, um, you know, any of these, any, any of those seven transgressions, then it's a, it's a wrongdoing. It's, it's causing harm. It's, it's causing disharmony. So as we learn the, um, you know, think about the, there's two principles that one of them is the oldest principle, which is the self-defense principle. And then there's the other principle of the non-aggression principle. And these are principles in nature that if we understand them, we'll recognize that we're already part of them because obviously if someone is trying to attack you, you're going to defend yourself. If someone's attacking you verbally, you can defend yourself. So it's it's built into our nature. I mean, you look at every animal on this planet, just about every animal is, um, is created to defend itself against other beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're the same way because that's, you know, it's part of understanding our, our complex part of our, our brain is if we have a survival mechanism. And then there's the non-aggression principle. And the non-aggression principle is about don't aggress upon someone else's rights. And um, don't do so because it's, a, it's about understanding the golden rule. Do to others as you would have done to you. So, you know, or you could look at it as like, don't do to others as, as you wouldn't want done to you. So it's about understanding that if we can learn this simple knowledge, because see, the thing is, people don't even, you know, most, a lot of people just don't believe in uh, that truth even exists, um, let alone that there's an objective difference between right and wrong. Then, um, you know, if we don't understand this, uh, it's, it's because we're, we're overcomplicating everything. And that's what the ego does. The ego wants to overcomplicate everything. And so it's really simple. It's very simple when we really look at it. Because look at the word, you know, uh, for instance, natural law. Natural means inherent. It's not uh, made or caused by man. It's, it's, it's built into the fabric of the cosmos. And then you look at the word law. Now, I'm talking about capital L law because I'm talking about the one and only law, God's law, which is the law that is fixed. Okay, it can't be changed. It's not something that can be, you know, 
changed by man. But see, man takes that, the lowercase law, and then turns it into his law. And then that's why we have all these arbitrary laws all over the world. And as we become more aware of this very simple thing, this law, this natural law, God's law, if you want to call it that, then we start to, because see, knowledge of this, of this, um, of natural law, knowledge of how it works, how it operates, the effects of natural law, it's very, very empowering because what it does is it helps us take back our sovereignty. And that's what I was talking about earlier, because uh, once we know this, then we recognize, okay, well, my belief in authority of man really isn't as strong as it used to be, if anything, because, mm -hmm. because as we believe in man as God, then we're missing the point or missing the yeah. point of life. And um, that's why I have taken, taken the, side of truth to um uh live in harmony to natural law the best that i can you know i mean i still can you know i, I know this is like a, a hard thing for people to you know wrap their head around when they hear someone say the word uh slavery or or i'm a slave uh but i am a slave to a degree and i'm still trying to break all the mind control and all the layers of conditioning that have been put into our minds for thousands of years. And to break free from that, one of the most, the key principles, one of the key foundations to learn, uh, to work from is natural law or God's law. And as we work from that, then we start to create a world of harmony and so that's that's what I'm getting at with that. Yeah. And I was trying to make some notes, but uh, I don't have my tablet on me, but I'm going to have to make mental notes. So there's a few things that I, I want to touch on. And it's I've there is. It's God's law or natural law. The, the thing is uh, that if we say it's natural law, where it's supposed to be in nature, we have historical proof that it's not natural. It is derived from a source and the source is well. What uh, those of us of the faith, not religion, but the faith, say God's laws, which is why I appreciate you even um, mentioning it in that way. I feel there's a little bit of a, um, like reluctance to say that it's from God because then the question, all right, which God? And then we can enter into a debate like, okay, well, uh, which religious perspective is more true than the other? Which God is better than whatever? And, and then we can, uh, that's a different rabbit hole altogether. But uh, um, in, what we're constructing here and a lot of what you're saying touches upon um i guess you could say the christian god and a, what a lot of the principles that you mentioned that you just kind of i think there were about seven principles that, that you mentioned about uh, just uh like agreeable law in a way that is christian but once you step outside that world of those that have been, say, exposed to Christianity, or have heard of Christianity, or have learned about uh, Ju the Judeo-Christian in nature, so the Judeo-Christian principles, um, that doesn't exist. That's why when you ask me the question, well, yes, me, if you found me in the street and you asked me the question that you asked, I would say, yes, of course, that's wrong. But that doesn't apply to the rest of the world. So in the rest of the world, you're going to come across nuanced answers or cultural um, 
uh, different cultures that don't view it as wrong. So if we look at SAS in, in terms of nature, that was like, okay, nature, but they're being nurtured in a different way of that nature. And here in the, in the Americas, before there was, I guess you could say, uh, Orthodox Christianity in a way, but it was more Catholicism than anything else. Um, when they came here, there were tribes that were not exposed to, uh, I guess, the Western way of thinking. And when you see people that have uh, been in a way, as people try to say, one in nature, cannibalism, tribalism, racism, even among themselves, um, child brides and all that. So it's not entirely uh, natural, but for someone like if I were a Christian to say, yes, in nature, what I would mean is that, as you also reference it, it being God's law. So I'm connecting it to that. So uh, if we establish a direct correlation that we say when we natural law as God's provided, uh, I think one of the reasons why people are, don't like making that distinction, because some people already have like these defenses that go up. I don't want to hear anything about God. I don't want to talk about that. So then the question becomes, well, how do we get them to the truth? And this is a little bit of uh, something that I touched on in the conversation um, during the Critical Introvert Show, because uh, as someone that has studied and learned um, on things, I never went to seminary school, but even some seminary graduates asked me, how did you learn so much, I guess you could say doctrine or, or teachings? It's like, I studied on my own. I say the grace of God, he illuminated to me and I read it and I understood it. That's why I know that there is a limit. That's why even... Uh, now I'm going to get all Christian here and start referencing things. Paul the Apostle says when he was a child, he ate as a child. So he like drank milk. When he grew up, he started eating meat. And there are people that are not ready for the meat. Just like, uh, you have to grow out your teeth. So let me feed you what you're able to digest right now. And that's, in essence, what I was saying on, that, on the show where I said, look, if we're going to discuss truth, it's where I am in, in, in the truth. So I believe myself to be wholeheartedly in the truth. I say, I can't tell you all yet. There's a journey you need to take. And if you're open to things, and to me, uh, Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life, then he is that path. He is the truth. And is the truth that sets you free. That's why I say, I'll meet you where I am. Because the journey should technically, if they earnestly are seeking the truth, that means we will meet right here. And the people that have gone on that journey, the, uh, an earnest journey to get to the, to, to the truth of things, found themselves where I am, not through my church, not through me speaking to them or whatever. They went on their own journey to you know, inward, if you if you will, to find the truth. And they found God. And next thing I know, now I'm breaking bread with them. It's like, hey, you're a believer. That is uh, something that's transpired. I believe in a way that's what you would like for humanity to get. But we're, we're trying to, I guess, separate in a way what is religion where people would view as religion because the world... We let the world define what Christianity is. We let them define what God is. Um, and people would then take moments in their lives and attribute blame to God when God had nothing to do with it. Um, but when there's a glory to be had that should be to God, they'll never give thanks to him. But if it's bad, it has to be God's fault because he let it happen. It's like, well, last I checked, you didn't say thank God when something good happened. So it's it's an unfair trade-off, but that's the way the world works because uh, we have to. We have this chasm of separation that happens. And um, I'll ask you what you also mean about certain things in, in terms of like a conditioning, mind control and things like that, because I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. But um, 
uh, to me, it's also what I do know for a fact. Our human nature is animalistic in nature, and it's not for the better of our counterparts. For those of us that grow in a society that have values and principles to bestow on the next generation, yes, my child, don't do that. I'm a father of three, fourth on the way, and I see what they do. Like, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. They didn't listen. They got hurt. But had they had not had a father figure or, a, or any parental figure whatsoever, would they have learned those things? Would they have learned to, to walk on their own? Would it be that quick? Would they learn to even speak in the common language if they were never exposed to it? We don't know. That, that means there has to be some kind of guidance there, guidance principles. And right. I know that there are other philosophies, there are other teachings out there that that, that claim to to be uh, arbiters of truth, even though I'll strongly disagree with them. But what we can agree is this. It is beyond man. That's what we all agree, that it's beyond man. And the search is, well, then who is this strange supreme being that we feel is there? And in terms of, uh, of my faith and belief, it's, well, that would be Jehovah God, where others would attribute something else. But um, I, I think that's that's I, I feel that uh, um, I guess for for those of my listeners, I would would be my moral clarity to give them because the morality doesn't come from within. When we have generations of history of man versus man, without God being at the center, and how things change, I guess you say domesticated. Uh, and that that would then happen, but um, well, I'll let you respond to what I said. Well, yeah, I, okay. So let me just be a little bit more clear because I definitely should have been. When I speak of God or the ineffable name, then I am speaking of the intelligent fabric of the whole universe. I'm talking about the the creator of all creation. That's that's what I'm actually really getting at. And, you know, when I, when I speak of God's law, I'm talking about the creator who put the laws in place for us to discover and live by. Mm -hmm. And the way that I understand it is the, the, the transgressions and the principles that I have laid out are a, a level and a level like if you, you know, think of the tool, the level, mm -hmm. the level is where we meet in nature, all of us. So, and that's what I understand. I understand that we meet on the level. And so to meet on the level means that, okay, regardless of what, how you understand the ineffable name or God, um, you know, the creator, um, however you understand uh, whatever religion or faith or non-religion, whatever it is, whatever belief system, um, we can meet on the level because if we understand these principles, if we understand that, um, you know, the transgressions, the things that cause harm in this world, then we can, um, we can actually harmonize by just having the knowledge and acting upon it. So whether, you know, the religion says one thing or another, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that we have to understand that 
um, you know, just because a, um, you know, a, a religion or, a, a, you know, a, a religion in another country believes in morality a different way uh, or truth a different way, that, that the question has to then be, does that change the truth? Does it change what the truth actually is? Because um, to arrive at the truth is to um, is it's it's not that well I don't believe that we'll ever get to the um, the truth in this physical form. But what I do believe is that we can get as close to the truth as possible because we um, that's that's where we become more uh, um, we 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 gain more clarity on reality. And so if, for instance, if you're my neighbor and I, um, you know, I don't know anything about you and you're, um, you know, uh, we, we don't really, we don't know each other. Well, you know, I don't know what your beliefs are. You don't know what my beliefs are, but if we are aligned in, uh, morality, if we're aligned in the actual, you know, um, understanding of the actual actions that we take into manifestation, then we will, it doesn't matter what our beliefs and religion are, um, as long as we are being, you know, respectful of each other's space and not stealing from taking from each other and, uh, you know, not um, allowing our emotions and uh, lower parts to run and dictate our our mind, and and you know that's why so many people are so lost because they don't have they haven't taken the time in themselves to raise themselves to a higher uh, degree of consciousness to recognize that oh um, I can actually uh, instead of physically being violent. I can actually have an intellectual conversation because I'm using my higher order thinking, you know, and that's what, that's what the, you know, the, uh, the hemispheres of the brain actually can help us understand because as we study the, the hemispheres of the brain, we can activate, um, you know, this is, this is what makes us human because um, this is part of the brain that we use reason from. And this is part of the brain where we can actually get to understanding these higher uh, um, uh, parts of, of knowledge, such as conscience. You know, con you know, most people don't understand that having a conscience means to uh, it's it's a, it's a having the knowledge of morality to take right action in the world to not cause or support harm onto others. You know, so you can it's, it's about the free will choice to choose right action over wrong action because you understand it because, you know, um, but to be ignorant of that is to uh, to to live in ignorance and keep uh, not only causing harm, but supporting harm and not really even knowing that you're doing it. And so this is you know, it, it's a dilemma. It's a dilemma because. Uh, you know, most people um, are stuck in their religious ways. They're not seeing that, hey, uh, regardless of what your God is or, you know, what your religion or faith is, um, if we don't meet on the level, then we're always going to bump heads because, 
you know, I'm sure you understand that, you know, if, um, you know, like look all through history, if, uh, you know, if these people didn't join the faith of, you know, Christianity, they were, they were killed. If you, if you didn't join the the faith of the atheists, you were slot, people were slaughtered. Look at communist Russia and China. So it's like, yeah, right. In Islam, that's exactly it. So yeah, I didn't want, I didn't mean to leave that out, but you, you get the point that, you know, we can become brainwashed in these, uh, these institutions, because that's what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about yeah. the institutions, not the actual, you know, I'm not talking about actual, re- the uh, actual uh, teachings, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the institutionalized religions and how it gets people to believe a certain thing. And that's what, that's where politics comes in place. So it's a it's a it's a big it's a big dilemma but at the same time if we can agree on those transgressions if we can agree on the principles it, but that's the other thing it doesn't matter whether we agree on them or not they're still true in nature because uh I, like in, anybody in their right mind would never say uh, oh yeah you can just you know uh totally beat me up and shoot me in the head and i don't care um you know, I mean, there might be some masochists out there who might be into that, but like, but most uh, people do not want to just allow someone to harm them. And that's because it's inherent in our nature. And when I say inherent, I'm talking about built into the fabric of nature, built into the fabric of our being, built into the fabric of the cosmos. Because, oh, good. Oh, I was going to ask because uh, I can't say I'm entirely familiar with it, but it. It's, is it safe to say it's like pantheism? Um, what you mean? Uh, the belief system as you're describing it, because it's like uh, God is weaved into into the universe, basically. Right. Uh, remind me of pantheism, but my brain. Um, I'll, the... I'll pull up the definition right here. A, a doctrine which identifies God with the universe or regards the universe as a manifestation of God. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a more pantheist. You're right. It's a more pantheistic um, idea. Um, you know, there's more to it than that. Um, but it's. It, but it, the point is, is that, like I said, it's about understanding that um, there's nothing new under the sun. And therefore, everything is... You know, these these principles that I'm talking about are discoverable, but they're discoverable through the individual. They're not, you know, it's not uh, granted by man. It's not something that man can say like me, like me telling you these things right now, me telling you, um, you know, the action that causes harm, uh, me telling you, you know, self-defense principle and all this has nothing to do with me granting that um, as a right to anyone. I, I can't grant rights because I'm a man. Man doesn't grant rights. Only the creator, whatever the being is, the supreme being that created this whole universe has laid into place for us to align to. That's that's what I'm really getting to. And I could definitely go off on a lot on that uh, in, in a good way, because it's. Uh, I think we're along the, the same paths. We are. We. I'm describing a lot of what you understand in a different way. I swear that's what it is. And so 
Yeah, because I'm trying, like me, I'm trying to describe it the way that I have arrived at it, and you are describing it in the way that you understand it. So, it that's what causes like a little bit of, uh, it, you know, well, friction. It, it, not. It's, and it's not friction, I, I would well, say. Not it, bad friction, but, you know, just like friction in the mind, like, oh, wow, okay, uh, this I don't know if I agree with this, but, you know, I, I could argue this, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But it, it's also that um, it can it can be argued it's a little bit incomplete, but that's what the whole thing is about discovery. So that's the whole point. Right, right. But at, at the, the rate that we're going, we're not going to be able to touch on specific societal things, and that's okay. That's why I said I don't know where the conversation is going to ultimately head. We have some guidelines. We're not even going to reach that, so I'm going to say forget about that stuff because we can apply it in general. For sure. The the ideology. I, I'm gonna. I'm not saying this is you, but these these coexist bumper stickers, the believe bumper stickers, and all that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely reject all that. Yeah. Because there's only one of those religious symbols there. That is not about me, me, me. And there's yeah. others there that want the death of the other because right. it's built in and in most cases cultural. Right. And because of that, that's why um, it's not religion in a sense anymore in certain regions. When, if you're going to come across, for example, um, um, the Latin Americas, Latino Americas, most people assume you're going to run into someone that's predominantly Catholic. Uh, which you will there are protestants and for those that are not entirely uh learned either agnostic or ignorant about what these things mean catholics and protestants don't exactly mix uh catholics uh, pr- persecuted the protestants because the Protestants were quite literally thinking for themselves um so we have examples of institutional religious systems based on the same bible but one was glorifying man and the other one was trying to glorify god because they just they found out that hey this is incomplete when people learned as you're saying learned because it was martin luther that uh, that rose to famous that hey um 90, i'm gonna hammer his 95 thesis to the wall because we are not teaching people right because it was only up to the the, the priest or maybe the bishop whatever it might be at the town square where they will have a chained up Bible that will be read in Latin to a people that don't read that. They probably couldn't read or just did, ultimately all of them didn't understand Latin. So it all had to be interpreted by whoever was reading it. And who's to say they were wrong? It wasn't until someone on the inside said, this is wrong. So when the Bible was able to get into the hands of people to how it should have been from the very beginning, that they realize, hey, um, either we've been lied to or something's off here. And that's where we cannot have the truth getting out, hence the religious persecution. And I don't like using the term religious, but for the whatever, for uh, the, the general audience, I'm going to use the term religion because, as I said on the Critical Introvert Show, and I say personally, I don't practice a religion. I practice a, a way of life. So that, that in and of itself says it's along the lines of what exactly you're saying because it's about people rising up to find the answers. Yes, because they do. If they, they're people that are just happy being spoon-fed information. That's what you get nowadays. And when if the TV says, be angry about this issue, get up and fight. Or go and do these things. And it's like, why are you here? Because I support the current thing. It's like, what is the current thing? It's like, uh, the thing, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not, 
it's a, you're either a non-playable character, that's a use of video game term NPC, or yeah. someone that could think for themselves. Right. And when people can think for themselves, they either find enlightenment or they'll find the wrong thing. And and we in Christendom, we are also warned that. And every religion will have its own thing. Every belief system will have its own thing where it says, don't think for yourself because it's dangerous. Only Christianity as Protestant Christianity, some people lump in Christianity and Catholicism, they're not, Catholicism is not Christianity. A lot of it has melding in the United States, but they're not Christianity. Well, with this, in the system, the only one that's, that says, test me, is the Christian God. It says, you don't believe this? You can test it. Everyone else says, you can't question it. That's different than most others. Because say, like, hey, my way is true. Go ahead, put it against the test. Uh, test it in the fire. That's the point. Whereas others don't hold up to scrutiny, the God, the Christian God says, yes, I will. The problem is when you have people that are just spoon-fed information and regurgitate the same things but cannot hold a candle to actually, do you understand what you're saying? Right. Because even in the name of the Christian God, people say stupid things. In the name of the Christian God, do stupid things or are not following the, the commandments that have been laid out and are rude to their fellow human. Only in the Christian God has laid out a path for them to like, go out and sp spread the good news to the people. Go out and basically have a servant's heart. Love your enemies. No other religion says that. No, no learned biblical teaching or other religious uh, scripture of sorts says that. It's either go kill your your enemies and things like that that's not what it says over here but of course people say oh well the old testament isn't that now we're talking about something a little more grand but the point is that when it's all taken into account people will realize they're not disconnected and they're speaking literally to our time so when i say that that uh what you're saying you and i are jiving in that and what i would say is you're I'll probably meet you where I am. Like what I meant to say yeah, that yeah. Um, it's, it's also to say, because you keep uh, referring to the creator of the said universe. And that already is an admission. This is beyond an accident. And right. that is entirely an awakening period. And that's, what's beautiful because that's... we are told if we just take, let's, you know, leave God out of this, let's take Christianity out of it, whatever. If, we are to believe what we're taught in schools that we descended from an ape. Then I have to ask, what is the point to life if we're an accident? As someone that struggled finding that purpose for someone that was born to purpose, I'm like, well, I didn't ask to be alive. Okay, then, so what can I do in my life? And I'm enjoying what I do now and the value as that I have as a father to see that new life. And I'm expecting my fourth. You know, it's it's a thing of beauty, which is why the current dialogue happening as we're recording this, it really hits me right here because I heard my child's heartbeat when they were smaller than a penny. And it's like, that's my child, you know, and that is not an accident. And other, there, there are some men that that cannot stand being in delivery rooms. I don't want to be there. I've been there for every delivery of my child. And so like, aren't you? Wasn't that like the grossest thing you ever see? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yep. And, and some some men figure, oh, you never see a woman the same way again. It's like, I look at my wife, it's like, honey, you have a superpower I do not have. I can't do what you do. It's amazing. And in that is to know, it's like, life isn't an accident. 
So that's where things go. Like you and I had, uh, um, it sounds like we had different upbringings, but we are on the same path to that moral truth to find yes. the creator of this universe, right? So right. we are on the same path. I yeah. found him. Let me rephrase. He found me because yeah. he spoke to me. Right. And it's as weird as it might sound for people that are probably not thinking about this. Like, oh, yeah, you're schizophrenic, Andres. Uh, <laughs> so be test. it. <laughs> so be it. I'd rather be this kind of schizophrenic than what's acceptable right. out there in the yeah. world right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, in in that road to discovery, I, I was almost swept away by another ideology. And I was here born and raised in the church, but I'm like, I was a bench warmer. I was being spoon-fed information because I have to be here. I was against my will. So when I was challenged for the first time, because I was not even thinking about it, I'm like, well, you know what? You sound like you make a lot of sense, but I seen how you study. Like I never studied anything. I just go and bench warm. You know what? How, why don't we do this? Why don't we get together uh, at the end of the year? Let me go study why I'm supposed to believe what I believe because I don't even know. Uh, and then we'll just compare notes. Man, that's how I understood God. I heard a calling, but it wasn't, I didn't understand him until then. And I, I want to, I want to punctuate my point, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to leave it for a little later because I could go off on a huge tangent on that too. And I want to risk it. So on, on that, uh, staying to, uh, to this is how I feel like, yes, you are, you are on that journey. And I think a lot of people are also finding themselves in that way. And it's, in a way, even what's transpired in our country since November 2020, I would say, and a lot of stuff that has happened in, I guess you could say the world or the secular sense, because people have seen for themselves what happened when the flow of information is controlled by big tech corporations. When you have the Facebooks of the world, the Twitters of the world, and the White House quite literally dictating or passing out the notes to mainstream media to tell the people what to say, what to think, what to be upset about, and here are the talking points. One of the things that frustrated me the most as a, not just as a Christian, but also in the political sphere, I have never ever heard it before. When the terrorist attacks on Easter a couple of years ago or more, my couple are doing too, so it could be a, a little more, and it happened in Sri Lanka, where there were Christian churches targeted, hundreds of my fellow brothers and sisters of Christ killed and injured. Immediately, the reaction among the politicians here, a term I've never, ever heard before, Easter worshipers. Like, what the heck is an Easter worshiper? Does it really hurt you to say that the ones that were targeted were Christian? You can't even bring yourself to say that term. None of them ever used it. Political figures, former presidents, they were all tweeting it. Our heart goes out to the Easter worshippers impacted by all this. Never in the history of English language have, that, have those two words ever been used in conjunction. But the media, like a hive mind, said it all like that. Like, what on earth? And that just led it to more credibility it's like what then happens when you realize that you've been lied to like and i don't not to touch on it but it's an example that that at the time was told it was fake news and it was a russian collusion thing that the hunter biden laptop story when the new york post uh, tweeted about it and twitter immediately took it down said no that's uh that's fake information it's like it's in the fourth largest newspaper in the country reporting it it's not some fringe right-wing blogger somewhere and no, nope, take it down. And then Twitter said, oh, well, you uh, you got the information through um, probably some illegal means. It's an investigative piece asking questions. But you will allow the New York Times to post about 
they illegally obtained copies of Donald Trump's tax returns. That was okay for Twitter, but not this one that could damage the campaign of the one that they wanted to win. So the damage was done by Twitter by censoring information that months later, when people were polled, that, was, that voted for Biden asked, had, did you know about the Biden laptops, the Hunter Biden laptops? No, I didn't. Had you known, would you have voted the same way you did? 15% said, no, I would have changed my vote. That's a huge number when all things take into account how close the election was. I got a lot of stuff to say about that. But it's a different story. But the point is that people were lied to. Okay, so what happened this year? The New York Times has come out to confirm like that story was accurate. So even when a, was considered a very progressive newspaper admits to a story from a while ago says, yeah, it was true. So and more people are like, holy smokes, that 15 percent is way larger now because now it's confirmed by the sources that they trust is that, OK, how much of what you consume as information is information like what you say is the brainwashing. And now we have this disinformation governor's boy that should scare the heck out of anybody it's like do you hear this this is 1984 this orwellian stuff happening right before our eyes it's the ministry of truth we are being conditioned to be told you cannot think for yourself mm -hmm. and that is detrimental to society so i don't discourage anybody from like me being a christian is like like oh what what nate is saying is it's not christianity it's like you're right He's not, but he'll probably end up where I am anyway. So I will encourage him on his path and I could share the shared experience that I have with him. I rather that instead of Nate saying it has to be this way. And I don't want you to say anything or you to say anything. I don't want you to think for yourself like, well, that doesn't sound like open or free will at all. Say, no, he's on a road to discovery. And if it's an earnest discovery, I know for a fact. And as you're listening to me speak that you're like, hey, if it is that, yeah, we'll probably find each other here but at least he's on that journey and self-aware it's like they don't want me to see things here these guys are lying to me that is a huge step in in that that journey to discovery if you will i'll give you a moment to respond to, to or add in your your own commentary because i was monologuing for a bit well um you know i've slightly been paying attention to a few of the things that you've uh, brought up. And, you know, I just want to say that to see how the, the media and these, you know, uh, big tech um, institutions are manipulating our, um, our information flow and what we're able what we're allowed to see and what we're not what we're oh yeah what we're allowed to see and what we're not allowed to see it is so so ridiculous that so many people actually support this and it just it, it, it's 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 beyond um unacceptable that mm -hmm. anybody would ever think that uh, withholding information from others is a good thing because if we don't get information out, uh, no matter what kind of information, you know, I'm I'm a proponent of all information being out in the open because anyone who is controlling information has control over the mind. 
Mm. And they can do to you what they want to do to you, especially if they're a master psycho or psychologist or psych, um, psych, psycho yeah, psychologist. God, yeah, yeah. I, I, my brain's a little, um, but yeah, it's like most of the dominators of this world are master psychologists and they know how the control structure works. You know, the media, the money system, the military, the, you know, all the religious institutions, uh, all the food, everything is compartmentalized. And the people at the top of the apex, you know, the elitist and and the, you know, globalist or, you know, the the few, if you want to call them that, they understand all of the information in all of these compartments. They understand how it works more because they have a power differential of knowledge over everyone else below them. So they systematically make, uh, they send the information down that gets to us, the people down here. Uh, well, that's the way they look at us. Mm-hmm. And because it is a control system, it is a pyramid scheme. And so as that information comes down and it's, you know, uh, washed or filtered through and uh, made a certain way, well, once it gets to us, it, you know, by the time we try to figure one thing out, there's another thing coming up. And it's just to keep us like distracted. this, distracted mm-hmm. all the time instead of looking inwardly. And that is the whole problem with this uh, this fear-based media system. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of the most uh, mind-blowing things that you could ever awaken to, uh, to see that it's so orchestrated in, in such a way by people who actually know how to manipulate certain events or create certain events and then manipulate those that gets to us. And then we're like, Oh my God, what do we do? Instead of just like, Hey, you know, maybe you just turn the TV off and, you know, read some books (laughs) and uh, actually learn about yourself because you're too, you know, we're always too busy learning about this person's stuff and this person's stuff. But at the same time, it's crazy because I'm sure you agree with me. If we don't pay attention, I think it, it was uh, what's his name um, that uh, the uh, the black actor um, who is in Avengers with the eye patch. What's his name? Oh, Nick Fury. Uh, well, what's his well, name? Samuel Jackson. Uh, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> uh, he said something like, "You know, uh, you got to, you know, you're you you're you, you can't um, just not watch." the you know what's going on in the world or the news uh like it's it's good to watch the news but it's also good to not watch the news so it's like you're you're you know screwed if you do screwed if you don't kind of thing and um he he really uh i don't know i'm, I'm not i'm mentioning what he said but the <laughs> point the point is is that we have to pay attention to what's going on in the world to a degree or else we won't understand consciousness uh, in the aggregate. We won't understand where people's minds are at and mm-hmm. what people are thinking uh, because um, it's like it's like waves, constant waves. Mm-hmm. And, 
if if we're not prepared for a certain wave, we're gonna be like, oh man, shit. We uh, excuse me, for, sorry for my language, yeah. but like it, it's like, oh, we gotta, you know, um, be. We have to be somewhat prepared for that, and I and that's that's really what I'm getting at with like meeting on the level because if we have, um, you know, uh, what I call or what many people call spiritual armor, we can be prepared to. Um, you know, be ready for those things that come at us and, and we can deflect them and not l- allow them to dictate our lives and, um, you know, make us stay in fear and confused and chaotic all the time, you know? And, and I have, uh, um, I, I know that there are those in the audience that are Christian and they're going to say this. There's a lot of stuff that you have said that comes directly from the Christian Bible. That's like, yes, it's Christian. And exactly what you just said there. That is actually from my favorite passage in the Bible, in Ephesians 6, to put on the armor of God to protect yourself against the flaming arrows of the wickedness and the, right. the devil that are being flung at us. Because that's what I mean. You reach that the understanding that you're reaching is a place where I find myself in. And like, and it feels like, well, he's heading in this direction, which is why I'm not saying, hey, accept Christ as your personal savior. Nope, I'm not doing any of that. It's like that's a choice you make willingly. And if this yeah. is where you find the answer, there's a lot of stuff that you say is like, well, oh, that sounds biblical to me. Um, then, hey, I'll find you here. But it's yeah. it really is. I like all- that. I like that. Uh, I'll, I'll find you here. That's that's <laughs> so cool, man. I love that. Yeah, because it's, it's, what, it's, it's what you're looking for, too. And I'm like, yes, I, I and I totally want that for humanity as well. But I also know that not everyone will because we have seen the behavior of some people. I think I want nothing to do with it. They want right. to they want to keep doing what they're going to do and not get out of the comfort zone. But for everyone else, it's like because I understand what it means to be coerced into, an, into a decision that I didn't want to make. And it's like, and you don't appreciate it. And when I graduated from high school, I hated school. So I didn't go to college, at least not immediately. And my family, who um, I'm first generation American, they don't even one of my mom didn't know what high school even was because she didn't get a chance to set foot in it. And my father couldn't even finish it. Because they uh, they each in in uh, through their own paths fled to the United States as political refugees because of what was transpiring with the first there was the war with Honduras uh, El Salvador after the infamous qualifying soccer match for the World Series uh, the World Cup and they ended up ma- uh, mass- a massacre of Salvadorians at the stadium wow. and and then after that it was the bloody civil war of communism uh, setting a foot in El Salvador um, and. That's how my parents ended up over here. They didn't know each other, but they they met in Los Angeles and they got married. And lo and behold, here I am. But with the uh, oh man, I, I was losing my, uh, my my train of thought there. Um, dude, I had a good train of thought. <laughs> you were talking about El Salvador having the bloody. Uh, well, yeah, they had they had a bloody civil war and and made themselves uh, their ways over here. But uh, I think I, I was trying to correlate to um to, to I guess how how I came to be and, and be coerced into something that I didn't appreciate. Right. I guess that was college. So they didn't get to ever even see a diploma. So they were, yeah, let down when I chose not to go to college or paying for it or whatever. It's like, I'm not going to go. I didn't want to be in school. So why would I voluntarily go back to school and have to pay for it? No, one year later I did, but I did it out of my own accord. And when I graduated from Cal State, Fullerton you know, here in California, a business degree, uh, at my graduation speech, uh, 
I, I did I did this whole thing out of abuse. All right, God, I'm going to do this, but I, I'm not doing it for myself. That's that's also a, a, a Christian attitude. It's not about me. It's about someone else. So when I graduate at my graduation speech before um, people, I told them here, this diploma says Andres Alfonso Segovia, but it, to me, it'll always read Jose Alfonso y Maribel Agueta Segovia. It's not for me. It's for them. I did it for them. And if I go for my master's, which that window has closed, that'll be for me. What became for me is my show. The Andres Segovia show is what I did for me. It's like, yeah, because that's what I wanted to do for, for, for schooling. Uh, and instead, um, it wasn't automotive engineering. It wasn't film, radio, or television. Uh, it, it turned out to be um, the business world that I so despise, but I'm so good at. <laughs> like, I know how to do it, but I don't have fun doing it. Um, but a way of relief has been uh, the Andres Segovia show. But that, that is that is all to say. That's why I don't I don't push or force anybody. In fact, uh, as I'm a circ, I was a circuit preacher, so it, it's not like you're just talking to like just some other Christian church member. No, actively involved in ministry, going to different churches and being invited to speak, even small groups and things like that. I've been invited, but I haven't gone yet uh, to to a juvenile hall out of state. And like I, if I'm, if I'm in the area, I would love to speak there. You know, it's, so this is the kind of person you're, that you're conversing with. And yet only one person have I ever done what is called the altar call. Would you accept Christ as your personal savior? And that was to my own daughter. And that wasn't something that, that, that just came like, because I'm going to ask her now. No, I saw some things that she was doing, a journey, self-discovery, things that she was saying on her own. And then she asked my, uh, my wife, she said she wanted to get baptized. And when, and then she told me. So then I'm like, oh, she's, I could have just ruled it out. I was like, eh, you're young. What do you know? No, I tested her. I had a family dinner setting and just off guard. I asked her. It's like, hey, Mija, uh, you brought this up. What made you bring that up? And I just started questioning her line of thinking. And at the very end, we had a quite a lengthy conversation. Nine-year-old, man. She was eight at the time, actually. She's nine now. And after she made this, she was thinking at a way higher level. I told I told my wife, like, honey, she is smarter than her peers. She's very mature. She loves reading. She's buried in books. She enjoys books as much as TV or even more so. She's really arts and crafty. So as I as I interviewed her at the very end, I told her, Miha, I am going to let everyone know that on this date, you're going to get baptized. But before I can do that, I need to ask you a question. That was the altar call. And we prayed and this and that. That's, that's, some people say it's a very religious thing. No, that's a, that's a very traditional thing that's done in Christendom. And in all my years, that's been the only one. And it was recent. That's why I don't impose or do anything with other people because I know what it's like to be coerced. If it's really coming from here, then awesome. And if you ever come across questions, especially when it comes to the Christendom itself, you got my contact information. I'm game to have these conversations with you because they are enlightening. And I think they should be had. I don't think Christians should be shying away. Like, oh, he's not even talking directly about Christianity. Maybe he's pantheistic. Like, well, at least I know he's talking about it because I talk to other ones that claim to be Christian that are teaching false things. I rather what Nate is saying. Instead of the one disguise that people like me, but are lying to people. Charlatans. Yes. And the thing is, there's other denominations that claim to be Christian that teach an entirely different thing that yeah. is Christian. Yep. And those are the ones that I told you that almost converted me. Because like, well, I don't know why I'm supposed to believe what I believe. And now I'm like, oh, man, that was the opposite of what I believe. But it sounds like it makes sense. But here's, here's the real kicker. 
I don't I don't want to mention I'll tell you off the air what it is but they are not allowed free thought and everything flows from a singular source from people they have never seen of this governance board and I'll tell you what that is after but um it's I I think you're 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 on the right path and that's why I say you're welcome to, to contact me to continue discussions. We've gone for an hour 14. We didn't even touch on societal issues. That's okay, because this is yeah. this is important. And I think it's yeah. people that are watching or listening um, can find this important. And I think um, just to make sure we have to wrap up here, um, you're going to be launching your own show with respects to this, I think, right? Well, actually, I have already launched it, um, oh. and, and and so it, you know, and not too many people know about it because I really haven't. I, I wouldn't say that I'm the best at uh, advertising myself, uh, but you know, maybe as I get more episodes, I'll I'll try to um, you know reach more people with the information. But if you are looking to you know, understand or look into the ways in which we can learn to think and uh, uh, learn how to learn and communicate better. Um, you know, that's something that I'm actually teaching right now in the beginning shows. I also get into the philosophy of science and I get into consciousness and mind control and um, I'm actually trying to help people understand the power of understanding symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's so much that I cover, but my show is called Outcasting, um, and, and the subtitle is Bits of Science Towards Freedom, because that's what I'm about. I'm trying to uh, lay out little, uh, you know, bits of information that I've come to know and understand very deeply and know that these little parts are digestible for a lot of people. And then I have my own podcast called Cubbyhole, which I do with um, my my family, actually, uh, Brandon and Douglas Martin. And um, they helped me with this podcast because during the, the whole scamdemic thing, um, I felt the need to start something to really get this information out. And so I was really, you know, it was a rush effort, but it was more of like, okay, I know that these people think alike like me. So I'm going to have them on and we're going to really like ramp this information up and really push it out there for people. So I got up to 53 episodes so far. And I talk about just about anything you can think of, especially with um, understanding, you know, what's be- what's going on between our two ears. Yeah. And outcasting is just me kind of going out by myself and, um, you know, hopefully fishing people in uh, to get them interested in these bigger concepts. And, you know, I'm very transparent about that because. Uh, I, I'm doing everything I can to reach people. I, but like you said, I'm not trying to force anything on anybody. I'm just putting out information the best that I can and in hopes that it inspires people to want to better themselves and become uh, you know, more aware of what's actually taking place in the world. And so, um, yeah, I'm also on Telegram so under 
outcasting with Nate Cap, and I just get on there and blog and post my weekly videos. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's where you can find me, find my information. And for those listening to this episode, even watching it, you know the drill. You can find all the links to his social medias and podcasts available at the show notes company's episode at www.thingersagova.com. Nate, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Andrew Segova Show. I would love to have you on so we can dive deep into explaining what is happening with our society uh, one of these days. But until then, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Andres. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, I, it really is so awesome to be on a show with someone who might have, you know, I mean, obviously you have different views than I do, but you're very adult. And I always appreciate an adult who actually wants to have a real conversation. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad because so do I. Treat others the way you want to be treated. For sure. That's right. You got it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nate. See you on the next one, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Andre Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.